Welcome to Laughter, Dirt and Education, a podcast recognising and celebrating our rural and remote educators. From teachers, principals, teacher aides and gubbies, they share their real and inspiring stories of educating our bush kids. Come along each week for the often crazy and inspiring stories of education and see why these amazing educators do what they do. Welcome back to another episode. This week I get to catch up with Mindy Peterson, who is actually a teacher aide. She's the first teacher aide we've had on the podcast. I'm really excited that you guys can listen to her story. Before we get stuck in, I do just want to mention that I will not be releasing an episode next week. I've decided to take a break for personal reasons just for the week and then I will be right back into it the following week. Thank you all for your support, and I hope you enjoy Mindy's story. Well, Mindy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for jumping on this morning. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, and I guess why you got into education as a career? So I originally grew up on a farm on the Fraser Coast, Um I was there for the first 13 years of my life and then um, my family bought a property out um, at Mooney Um, and then from there I went to boarding school straight away. Yeah, I went to boarding school and from there I've then gone into, actually I started an accountancy firm and then from there I got into governessing, something that I've always wanted to do. But if it wasn't for boarding school, I would have had no idea about rural education and what, like, is really behind it. Like, when I went to boarding school, when we moved out, yeah, no idea what families have to go through out here. It's just a different world, really. Yeah, I was going to say, you probably, once you went to boarding school, you would have met, like, a lot of people who would have probably been even more rural or remote than you. Oh, definitely, for sure. Like, we were so close. I could still go home on weekends. Um, I didn't go home every weekend, but, like, every second weekend I could still go home where some of my friends, they wouldn't go home at all for the whole term. Um, So, yeah, you just got an eye-opener into what other people's lives are like. And there was, like, people in my grade two who had done distance education themselves and had never sat in a classroom before until mm. I went to boarding school. So, yeah, just got an eye-opener into what it's like, really. Obviously, like you said before, you lived on a farm at the Fraser Coast. Do you think that's always just been like part of you that still had that rural upbringing? Oh, totally. So my mum's family actually grew up 40 minutes from where we live now and all her siblings are around there. So it's always been a part of my life. We would always go out there in school holidays and I thrived on it. Like the further west I could get, the happier I was kind of thing. Um, Yeah. It's just been in me from a little girl, like just want to ride horses and be in the dirt. Like my parents always said, if you, if you give her dirt, she'll be happy. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> it's just always been in my life to, yeah, just the rural side of things. I've thrived off in love and could not live in the city. <laughs> yeah, no, totally yeah. Did you find that hard when you did go to boarding school? Because I guess you didn't go to like, a major city but it was still relatively big compared to where you yeah. come from yeah 
I think, yeah, I definitely did struggle with that at boarding school. More so my original shock was I never expected to go to boarding school. Mm-hmm. I found I got enrolled and found out two weeks before I went. So I was 13 at the time. So it was quite a shock to the system, really. And I just really struggled with like, you just don't have the same freedom. Yeah, it was a lot of fun and I loved my friends, but it's just little things like you can't just go for a walk outside down the farm or, yeah, you can't just go for a run or get your hands in some dirt and go help out dad for a bit or, yeah. So I struggled, but I'm glad I did it because now I have an appreciation for those who do live in more urban places too. Yeah. So you said after school you worked for an accounting firm. And then you went governessing, is that correct? Yes, yes, that is correct. So can you tell us a little bit about that, like what area you worked in, the kids you taught? Yes, so I worked up here in central Queensland around Alpha and I taught three beautiful girls on a cattle station. Oh, excellent. So were you far from town? We were at least 45 minutes, but there wasn't, like, there isn't a lot in Alpha. Yeah, so really for our main town, we would come across here to Emerald, so that's a three-hour drive. Yeah. At least for groceries and all of that stuff. Um, You could always get, like, small things in Alpha, like you could get the odd veggies but it was just ridiculous price and it didn't have everything that we needed so yeah it was always at least two and a half three hours to get supplies yeah and what grades were the girls in when you taught them well I was kind of there for the crossover so when I started I had two in the schoolroom and we had prep and grade one and then for the first half of this year they were in um grade two grade one in kindy oh wow yeah so, um, very little and very close together yes I was just thinking that that's super close together do you find that was yeah. good though like game wise and activity wise yeah I'd say it has it was definitely handy and like because I taught the year before too I had a crossover in some of the grades there too so I knew what was coming and what to expect for some of them too definitely easy to cross over but they're at different levels very different personalities teach different I probably um struggled more so because they're so young um and not quite as independent it's really hard balancing the um, curriculum across both of them because a lot of times their learning wouldn't line up like they both wouldn't learn measurement at the same time and so it became difficult planning activities because it didn't line up and then you'd have to balance well I'll work with this child one-on-one now and then you'd have to give them a more independent task so you had the opportunity to work with the other child yeah that makes sense oh definitely I guess I'm saying you have to think about as a govy though like that yes it's really great having those younger grades and whatnot but they aren't as independent and that is not juggle yeah yeah I'll be honest it's very full-on and and it was wasn't eye opener to me like I kind of I knew what I was getting myself in for before coming govying but To be honest, no one can prepare you for what it's really like. It's one of those things that you just have to experience for yourself and you cannot compare, like 
you can talk to other govies and connect, but you cannot compare situations because everyone's set up and situation is so unique and different. And I think that's where I even see at our mini schools where a lot of people compare themselves. And honestly, you can never compare yourself in life in general because everyone's situation, story, set up, how many children they've got, et cetera, is all so different. And the families themselves are also different too. Yeah. Definitely. I think it's so different, especially like I've come from that teaching background and like every school is different, but then you are taking in the family as well, like different personalities. You are working literally with a family. And yes, like, as you said, like we are all different. So it's really important not to compare it. Yeah, totally. Like even as Govies operate, I even know with the same family, like, they have to change themselves too for um, each individual govy because we've got our own personalities and differences as well. So, yeah, yeah, even with the same family from different govies, you can't even compare, to be honest. Like, yeah. it just doesn't yeah. work. And, and we're not made to compare at all, but, yeah, no. you really can't. No, and I guess it's that removing that expectation of what it should be like as well. Yeah, I struggled a lot with the expectation, actually, to be honest. I am a person who puts a lot of pressure on myself. So, and I've really, I grew an appreciation and grew a skill up there to just, you have to go with the flow. And you really do have to just take the pressure off yourself and kids are going to be kids. And I actually realized in education too, that as soon as you take that pressure off the kids and I would let loose a bit more, have a bit more fun, the kids actually start improving more because they also didn't have that pressure. And so in return mm. by having fun with them, they were having fun, they were loving school and their grades were improving. And, yeah, it's just like complete different. You can't have expectations. Like, yeah, you do have to have a level of expectation, but you can't be too hard with those expectations because as soon as you put that pressure on yourself and the kids, it actually does the reverse to what you want it to do. Yeah, and I think kids have so much pressure on them nowadays as it is with schooling and assessment. Yeah, I got a real life eye opener into the what they expect of kids, and I think honestly, the pressure placed on those kids was absolutely ridiculous by the school, and they really don't let kids just be kids these days. Like, yeah, they gain so much more skill outside of the classroom than what they do in the classroom, really. And you yeah. need to utilize that and take that learning outside and help them. Like I even realized, like when we'd go away, like just going to the shops helped them gain more um like education around that over being in the classroom and doing it because they've got that tangible product in their hand and they're actually doing it in real life and that's where the learning happens yeah so true how many people at the station was like your job like solely focused on the education of the kids or were you expected to do other things as well on the property yeah so I was the only employee on the station. Um, they don't have, yeah, any ringers or working men or anything like that. Um, and so my job was purely focused on the kids. I would help out though. Um, I was usually there till 5, 5.30 most afternoons. Um, and I would just help in the afternoon. We'd do some activities with the kids, do some washing, do the pets, just typical probably more like house 
job, so to speak, like yeah. switch that role into more like a babysitter over a teacher, if that makes sense. I'll probably also add our situation was probably also really unique because we also went to a small school one day a week. Um, so, yeah, that just added variety and added to my experience too because, yeah. So what did you do when <laughs> the kids were at that school? Um, so when the kids went to the school, I've actually been completing my Cert 3 in learning support. So when I take the girls in, um, I would do my prac hours for that and help out in the classroom. Oh, wow. So, yeah. yeah. So you're yeah. a teacher right now. You've left that gubby job. Yes. And you're teacher rating. Why? Could you tell yeah. us, obviously, education is like a massive part of your life because you've gone from governance yeah. to teacher rating. How is that? So you're not in central Queensland anymore, I'm assuming, with that. No. Can you tell us a little bit about the school, I guess, like what the demographic is like? Yes. So I have moved back home with my parents and I'm now, I have been teaching being a teacher aide five days a week at a small school, which is 50 kilometres away. Still rural, 33 students, so not like a massive school or anything still. Um, I'm still completing my teacher aide, so on top of that, and I've started uni also. In my role, I work in Peter 2, 36. So I work with the whole school. And then on Thursdays, I have been doing learning support and I just cycle through each student in the school. So I see every student twice a week and work on any areas that they're having difficulty with. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is it, I'm guessing it'd be a teaching principal and a teacher if that's like such a small school. Is that how it's yeah. out? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a teaching principal and then the P2 is um, co-shared okay. teaching. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then one of the, like, the teacher who teaches at the end of the week is the learning support teacher as well. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. How do you find going, like, that is a massive, that's all a primary school that you're dealing across. How do you deal with that? Like, do you find that a struggle sometimes moving from, like, those small ones and then the next session you might be in with the big ones and whatnot? Yeah. It's fine. Like, I was fine with the P2. Probably what I've really enjoyed is gaining that experience with those um, three to six students because I had no experience with mm. those older kids. And they're totally different to P2. There's, like, a massive change there and the behaviour management's different altogether too. Um, but, yeah, I'd say it was a challenge, but I enjoy challenge. So, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> oh, that's good. So what do you think the best thing about being a teacher aide is? Because I will be the first to say I think teacher aides are heroes. I could never have survived in the classroom without my teacher aide. <laughs> Look, I like teacher aiding. I mean, I can't wait to be a teacher, to be honest. I'm counting down till I can be the actual teacher. But it probably didn't dawn on me until later in the term when a teacher pulled me aside and said um like you don't realize that you're actually the constant in some of these um students life at the moment because I had that co-shared teacher too and a student was struggling and wasn't until a teacher pulled me aside that I was like that I actually realized the impact that we do have on these students and that we are their support system and a part of that support system for them. Um, and I think it's so special just seeing their faces light up. And I especially love it in learning support when 
like you feel like you're getting nowhere and then you see their results and they've all improved and like drastically and that's when the hard work really pays off as a teacher eh? in that role is when you're like oh I actually have achieved what I wanted to yeah definitely so you've obviously taken on extra study so you're doing education you're now studying through uni are you doing I'm guessing a primary degree yes yeah bachelor and private teaching yes (laughs) so you're doing that all online Yes, I am. I have only started this like second semester and I started part-time purely because I've been working five days a week and I'm finishing my TAFE. So I started part-time and then next year I'll move into full-time study from there on. So yes, very, I don't know how I put, uni is good. Um, when I just, like when you've had that practical knowledge, it's really annoying having to do the theory so to speak of that side of things and it's just more so a countdown of okay I just want to be the teacher now let's pump this out and get it done yeah definitely so what did you always want to be a teacher or has this just come from like your gabby job and your teacher a job and has inspired you to follow that path yeah no, I definitely always didn't want to be a teacher. Um, I was set on being an agronomist oh, wow. <laughs> when I was a preteen um, and then it moved into animal nutrition. So I guess I always wanted that. I've always had that rural aspect in me. Mm. Um, everyone has always said, like, you make a great teacher. I've always loved kids. Yeah, I've just always loved kids. And I also find that kids just seem drawn to me if that makes sense like I'll go somewhere and I won't even have to do anything and there'll be kids like coming up to me um so I've always loved kids and they've always brought me so much joy in my life and I think the govying was more so just I was sitting on the fence about being a teacher or not and I wasn't fully sure about it um and so I was like okay I'll go govying and I was like I'm either I need to have an answer by the end of Gubbing if I'm going to be a teacher or not and it's when I was up there that I realized this is what I want to do because I just found myself getting really passionate about it and about the curriculum and all of those things and how they're teaching these kids and so I want to play a part in that. Oh that's yeah. wonderful. So how do you I don't like I know I've used it before but balance I don't think you ever find a balance but how do you juggle part-time uni at the moment and teaching and your teacher aid job is that a struggle or do you just make it work um it's definitely a struggle um but we're just making it work and just one day at a time don't overthink it too much just one foot in front of the other really um more so my uni's probably been put on the back burner if anything so I probably haven't been doing the assignments as well or as early as I've wanted to because I haven't had that time um I enjoy my uni I just haven't had the time to put into it like I would want to but that's just the way life is I don't think you can ever have a perfect balance there's always going to be give and take somewhere and just roll with it (laughs) exactly and I guess as you said like you're going for it full-time next year and that's just part of the season like you ride that wave for now and you do what you can yeah and I think you just have to take it as it comes um I've realized recently to a lot in life that 
you can't plan your life. Um, every plan I've had has been thrown out of the window. Um, I thought I wanted to study um, like summer semester this next time. And then I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should actually just take a break and get into it. Like I was always going to go full time next year, but just take that pressure off. So, and now the other day I was like, oh, maybe I can do summer semester. So I think you just like, you can't plan it. You just got to take it as it comes a bit um, yeah, and roll with it. <laughs> Yeah, is I guess what we said before about removing that expectation on yourself and just, mm-hmm. yeah, rolling with it all. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say before we wrap up? What If you were talking to someone who's thought about governessing, maybe teacher aiding, what would you say to them? Like how did you get into probably teacher aiding, I guess? Did you approach a school directly or how did that work for you? Well, getting into teaching, the school actually approached me mm-hmm. because my mum was working there at the time as the um, business manager and I know the principal too um, from around the area. So, yeah, I don't know. It's probably a hard one to answer as the school approached me and the schools have approached me too because they know that I've been governessing. Really, I'd say the important thing is really just to get your foot in the door Ever since governessing, those connections have been made and from there it's just led on and it's all just really flowed from there on in. But the initial thing was really just getting my foot in the door. Um, yeah. yeah. I think that's all you have to yeah. do is just make that leap. Don't settle for something less than what you want in terms of mm. a job, but you do definitely just have to get your foot in the door and once you get started, it'll come from there on. Yeah. Totally it'll agree. just flow. Totally yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for jumping on, Mindy. It's been really great to speak with you. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. And we can find you on Instagram, can't we? You have a little Instagram page? Yes, I do. It's called at Learning with Mindy. Excellent. So some of your adventures are already up there, so I'll make sure I tag that for everyone to go and follow you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed chatting to you. No, thank and I you. Hope that more people can, yeah, get an insight into what rural education is like and the beauty of it. Yeah. Definitely. The beauty among the chaos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Last of Dirt in Education podcast. I can't wait to bring you a new story from rural and remote educators each week. Make sure you are subscribed to your favourite podcast platform and follow us on Instagram to keep up to date. Until next week, thank you.